Transformerstuff.com presents In the Holding Room with Christian Abbott. Hi, everyone. I'm Christian Abbott, and you are In the Holding Room. Now, all month long, we have been celebrating princesses here in the holding room, talking to some leading ladies of Broadway who have all performed the role of a princess on the Broadway stage amongst the other incredible roles that they've had throughout their careers. If you've missed any of the episodes, make sure you go to performerstuff.com and check the archive so you don't miss any of the incredible stories and the wonderful lessons that these women have to tell about what they've experienced in the audition room. Now, we've talked to Susan Egan, who was Belle in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, Courtney Reed, who was Jasmine in Aladdin on Broadway, Laura Ostness, who was Ella in Cinderella on Broadway. And today I am thrilled to bring you a woman who performed the role of Princess Anna in Disney's Frozen on Broadway, Aisha Jackson. Performer Stuff was created to meet the needs of folks just like you, performers, educators, and professionals in the entertainment industry. At Performer Stuff, you can search our online store for monologues and music for your next audition or to use in your classroom. On our More Good Stuff blog, you can access hundreds of articles and how-to lists created just for you by industry professionals. There are dance and voice classes and workshops at PS Academy. Plus, you can download podcasts and shows just like this one featuring performers and entertainment pros from around the world. Basically, it's an online community just for you. So check out the website at performerstuff.com or follow us on social media. Our guest today arrived in New York with a few bucks in her pocket and a couple of suitcases. It's that kind of story. Now, she originally auditioned for the national tour of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, but ended up securing a role on Broadway in that show. She was also in Invisible Thread off-Broadway, directed by Diane Paulus. You might have heard her on the cast recording of Waitress, because she was in the original Broadway cast of that show. But of course, she was also in the original Broadway cast of Disney's Frozen, where she made history, becoming the first African-American woman to ever portray the role of Princess Anna. Please welcome, in the holding room, Aisha Jackson. Aisha Jackson, it is wonderful to be talking to you today. Congratulations on the announcement of Disney Princess the Concert, and uh, I hope you're doing well. How you doing? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I am doing pretty well. You know, we have up and down days, but we're doing well. We're getting through day at a time. Day at a time is right. You know, yeah. you have uh, accomplished some amazing feats in your career, performed some amazing roles and worked with wonderfully talented people. I was wondering if you could take us back and have our audience listen to one of your stories about some of your auditions and maybe one of your first professional gigs that you landed and, and, and what that experience was like. Okay, so my first, when I first started racking up my equity points, um, <laughs> it was at the Arvada Center in Colorado. I went to college at the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley, Colorado, and um, they, yeah, Arvada was doing a production of mm, Hairspray. They're oh. doing a production of Hairspray, and so I auditioned as a college student and booked the role of Little Inez, and I had done Hairspray, actually the first high school production of it. Uh, Mark Shaman and everyone came out and uh, coached us and things when I was in high school wow. at the uh, International Thespian Festival uh, in Nebraska. So we wow. were the first like 
what I guess what they call the junior production of it. And it was it was pretty awesome. But in that version, I played dynamite in um, high school. Nice. And we actually flew out to Colorado because that was the hosting school that year um, to uh, to per like practice weekends at a time, my junior year in high school. And then that summer we did it at the festival. Mm. But fast forward to um, ending up going to that same college and auditioning for Hairspray. Yeah. At the Arvada Center, little Inez did that. It was so much fun. I was so geeked out because it was my first professional gig. And I was like, I'm, I'm earning points towards my equity card. And like, you could not tell me anything. Um, And it was, it was, it was a great experience. Um, being able to sing that music and, and bring this character to life um, in a professional setting. But let's see some crazy um, audition stories. Well, huh. no, that, that's a good one because that was your first like equity gig and that can, yeah. that can be real transformative. So going in for this level of professional job for the first time uh, and knowing that the role, knowing the show was Hairspray, what song did you sing at your audition? Do you remember? I actually believe that I sang, um, I'm tired of covering up all my pride. So give me a five on the back hand side. I did that. All I did right. the song from the show. Um, cause they, yeah, they sent us material to do from the show. I don't recall singing another song, but I prepped that song. I did my hair in these, I put, um, rollers in my hair and did this little curly set that I had so I can look super young, even though I was like, already young um and walked in and had on my cute little polka dots and pink and I was like you know what just go in and have fun that's that's kind of something I have to remind myself because I get very nervous sometimes and you know we we all doubt our gifts at times but I think like if you're in the room that's where you're supposed to be so like just walk in and something that helped me with auditioning was like, they want you to be the answer. Like they want you to solve this riddle of who can I cast for this role? And so when you walk in with the idea that they are actually on your side, it makes it a lot less nerve wracking. Um, And you just, you know, you just go in and, and you offer what you have and hopefully they like it. And if they don't, you can just say I did my best and walk away, which is hard. But um, I walked in and I did my best and I, I walked away and I was like, OK. And I I'm a woman of faith. So I love to say a nice little prayer to calm me down before um, said my prayer, walked in the room and I'm like, all right, it's out of my hands. It's in God's hands. And I walk away. And something I remind myself is if I don't get it, then it was someone else's blessing. And that mine is on the way. Um, and if I, I get it, then of course, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's someone else's blessing it's <clears throat> for me that's been the best way to look at rejection because it it hurts and it's hard and in this industry you get more no's than you get yeses um and so for me the remedy to that is just okay that's that's not for me and something that I, I say a lot is you know what God has for me is for me and so if I didn't get that that means that it was for someone else and when I look at it like that it shifts my perspective to gratitude to being able to get in the room at all but it also shifts to like, oh, there must be something else. And then when that something else comes and it's even greater and like if I had gotten what I wanted, I wouldn't be able to do this opportunity. Then I'm like, oh, OK, cool, cool, cool. There's this the is good. action. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. So it's good. Like, don't fret about it because there have been a lot of big parts that I go in for. And I'm like, I really thought I was great for that. Like, 
and you probably are, I probably am, but I might not fit the vision that the team has, or it just was for someone else. And then something else comes along and I'm like, oh, okay, I was supposed to be freed up for this. So here we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I love that perspective. That's, that's great. You know, the, the, the blessing is for somebody else. That is yeah. a great way of, of staying positive and putting, putting that positivity out there. And yeah, you know, we have, we, we've had people on the show who have talked about rejection and giving themselves, you know, two city blocks. I have two city blocks to think about what I, else I could have done. And then I throw <laughs> it away and I forget about it. But mm. I, I love your perspective on giving that blessing to somebody else. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's just, that's great. That's yes. I love it. <laughs> I hope oh that helps someone, but it, I mean, it, it's helped me a lot because the two block radius rule, I would not make that. I get so upset sometimes, honey, it can last for a minute. So, um, so just, you know, immediately going into, okay, that was for somebody else. It's for somebody else. And, and another thing on top of that, that I like to say is just like, you know, we have to celebrate others when they win because we we're going to want them to celebrate us. Yeah. So I don't want to sit here and be bitter about somebody else getting it. And then when I get something, they're bitter at me, you know, so I'm like, no, let's let's support yeah. let's continue to uplift one another. And this business is already crazy enough. So. When you were in college and you were hitting the pounding the pavement for the first time, you know, auditioning for hair um, and other shows, regional theater productions, what was in your book? What songs did you take with you into the audition room itself? Oh, I had, um, let's see. I used to, I mean, I know I'm too old or I don't know if this is a pro, but I used to think I had myself a true love that was in there as like a legit option. I had daddy's son. Um, um perfect by pink pretty pretty please don't you ever ever feel Was there a... like you're less than yeah uh, you, you, you can just keep going that's all right <laughs> like I'll, i'm gonna sing my audition book for you right now <laughs> what show did you use uh that pink song for who knows whenever yeah, whenever they would ask me for a pop song, that's the song that I would go to. And I would make it my own. And of course, I would do the clean version of the song. <laughs> um, but yeah, whenever they asked asked for pop, I would do that. Um, you know, that, you, sorry, you just touched on something, you know, doing the clean version of the song. There are many pop songs, but there's a lot of Broadway songs with profanity that touch oh, yeah. on taboo subjects. Yeah. And you never know what the casting director or the director or whoever's behind the table, you never know how they might respond to that humor, to that language, to that topic. So True. creating, like, that's such a good point. Like, you, you can't go wrong going clean in an audition, right? Well, and I feel like it's also based on your comfort level. So, True. like, there are some shows that you can go in for. And I think in the original song, like, there's an F-bomb in that song. <laughs> and so it's like, if it's a certain song that calls for that, I mean, a certain show that calls for that sort of language, maybe you do go in and you say it, you know, to show them I'm comfortable speaking in this way or whatever. But for me, I just didn't, you know. At that point in my life, I didn't want to sing that version of it. And um, I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm more comfortable as an artist singing less than less than perfect instead of the other word. And so it's also I think it's the big thing is up to you. What are you comfortable doing? Because what you go into the room and show them that's their, then they're going to be like, oh, OK, so this is what she's comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the same thing with material and stuff, because sometimes you're going to get material uh, for shows or 
things that you don't agree with. For me, um, the Book of Mormon going in for Nabalungi and, um, and my faith and what I believe. And, and I talked to my dad, my dad is a pastor and I talked to my dad about it when I was auditioning and he's like, well, you know, God knows your heart and he knows that this is a play. Like, it's okay. You're playing a character, which is true. But for Aisha's comfort level, I just knew that I couldn't, there's a song that basically you're F bombing God in the song. And so I have friends in the show. I've supported them in the show. But for Aisha Jackson, I knew that I wouldn't be comfortable doing that eight times a week. And so I think as a performer, you have to figure out what you're comfortable with, because otherwise the role of Nabalungi is perfect. Yeah. And, you know, quote, quote unquote, perfect for for me. And that is I've gone in for it and and I got into a far enough point in, you know, auditioning and everything. And I had to make the decision of like, will you be comfortable doing this? And if not, then you have to say no. And so. Yeah. I think and that's an important lesson to learn. That is great. And there's, you know, there's shows out there that will push the boundaries of your comfort level. I mean, you look at hair, you just talked about hair there. There can be. Oh, well, I did hairspray, not hair. Oh, I thought you said hair. Oh, no, 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 no. Hairspray. <laughs> okay. I was thinking the teen version of hair. But no, like, no, 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 no. Hairspray. Yes. Yes. Very different show. <laughs> but even hair. I mean, like, you know, hair you know, could, if directed, have an entire nude scene on it. Spring Awakening on Broadway, we've seen, you know, scantily clad people in the show, you know, so it can be about profanity. It can be about your beliefs. It can be about your body. Nudity, yeah, it could be about so many different things. So you just have to figure out, you know, as a person and as an actor, what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with and be willing to stick to that. Because you also don't want to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, unless you're ready to do that. Because then if you get in the room, you book the job, you sign the dotted line, there are certain things that the script calls for. You have to figure that out. So it's just, you know, read the script if you can before you, (laughs) before you accept the role, before you go in for the show so that you know, what's, what's, what will be required of you. Yeah. Now you leave university, Colorado, you arrive in New York with a couple bucks in your pocket and some suitcases in your hand. Tell Five us about, bags like, and a lot of faith is what yeah, I like to go. say. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so you're pounding the pavement in New York. What are those auditions like? Take us to one specific audition, maybe for um, Beautiful. I know that you you landed you know that that role on Broadway. What was that? Yeah. Audition like? Well, I'll take I'll actually take you to my first um, professional, and then I'll jump to that one. Okay. Um, my first aud- audition, my appointment in New York. Um, it was actually for two different shows. It was for a production of Once on This Island in in California and then a production of this show called Witness Uganda that was happening at the American Repertory Theater. It was directed by Diane Paulus, um, written by Griffin Matthews and Matt Gould. Um, And so I was auditioning for both. And I tell this story because it was a moment of choice. Um, I was working at Capizio. So when I moved to New York, I didn't have a job. I didn't have much money. I didn't like, I didn't have a, a place to stay. I stayed with my cousin and my cousin worked at Capizio. So she got me a job at Capizio. And, um, but I let them know whenever I get day jobs in New York, I always let them know I'm a performer. You know, when I have auditions, I got to go to these auditions. Um, And so, you know, I make sure they know that. So I'm like, look, as soon as I know, I'll let you know and we can figure out the schedule. But this particular audition, like I went in for Witness Uganda and I went in for the ones on this island regional production. And I got a callback for both. And I was scheduled to work. 
And they, they, and I was like, this is a callback for a Broadway director. Like, uh-uh, I gotta go. Um, and I was like, I didn't come here to sell shoes. I came here to be on Broadway. Like I was like in that mindset. And I told my manager, like I couldn't come. And she was like, well, we don't have anyone to cover for you. So you have to figure it out. And so I went to the other location of Capizio trying to see if people there could come over to my location, like all these different things. It didn't work out. And so the night before I was like, look, I've tried. I've told you I'm going. And that was a choice that I had to make. I I mean, I don't think I was very scared to make it. I was like, I know I need to get one of these jobs. I was just like, God, please let me book at least one of them so that I could walk back into Capizio with my head held high. Like I did it. Um, And so I, I told him, I was like, I can't come. And so I ended up getting written up because I didn't show up for work, but they figured it out. Like she had someone, my cousin was a manager. So she had my cousin cover my shift. I'm like, why did you just do that in the beginning? Anyway, that was a moment of just having to be like, well, this is what I moved here for. This is what I want to pursue. And, you know, thankfully I booked both of them. So I was able to walk in and be like, well, Hmm. <laughs> but, but I had to make a choice of like, okay, what is it you're going to do? What, what, what do you want to do? And I got written up and eventually left that job, but I booked that show witness Uganda working with Diane, which started a, you know, um, relationship there. And I worked on waitress with her years down the line and it got me my equity card because it was at the, um, American repertory theater and they were offering cards and I didn't know that I was going to get it. I didn't know I was going to book it, of course, but I didn't know that booking it would get me my card because I think I had like 13 points um, on on the road to 50 to get the the card. And um, so that was like an amazing blessing within all of that. Like me saying yes to that got me my card and set me up for things, you know, in the future. Um, But jump to auditioning for Beautiful. I was actually auditioning for the national tour of Beautiful. It was about a year in advance and you know, I was young in the game. So I was like a year in advance. Why are they auditioning so early? But of course, for tour, you know, you want to solidify it as soon as possible. And so I walked in and I auditioned and I was like, okay. And I walked away and I got a call back and I was like, you know what? I, I just wonder if they have a spot on Broadway. Like, why are they auditioning so early? Like, I literally said that to myself and I went in, did the callback. And my agent at the time called me and was like, so they don't want you for the national tour. And I was like, mm, okay, womp, womp. And she was like, but you know, in the meantime, they just wanted to know if you would be willing to swing on Broadway. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, hold on, let me think about it. Uh, yes, I would love to. Um, and so that was like a beautiful blessing, you know, coming out of that. Cause I didn't even audition for the Broadway show necessarily, but it, is, it was the same team and everything. So of course, when they had the opening and they, it happened around the time that I was auditioning. They just went on ahead and offered it. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Swinging. What's that? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, it's on Broadway. Let's do it. Um, but I covered six of the ensemble ladies. So I knew every harmony, <laughs> um, all of the female tracks and yeah, went on to that journey, which was wild and was just like, okay, sometimes you're going on for two people in one day, switch up your brain, figure it out. Um, But it was a lovely, lovely lesson in 
figuring out that I do have swing brain, yeah. being able to retain all of that information is a gift and not everyone, it's not everyone's ministry. It's so, so um, oh, yeah, true. it is. And you have to know that about yourself too. You have to be able to know, no, I can't, no, I can't cover six parts. And you have to be able to say that because it's your goal as a swing to jump in whenever they need you at the drop of a hat. I've got swung in halfway into the show, uh, you know, you find out an hour before, sometimes, you know, in advance, but it's very just like, okay, show must go on. Here we go. Yeah, no, it's so true. And you want to represent yourself and your brand correctly. So if you're putting it out there that, and I know it's, it's so hard as a young performer to say, no, I can't do that because of course you want to do it. You want to land the gig, but Mm -hmm. if you get there and you can't, find those six harmonies each night or one of those six harmonies each night, then your brand is going to be tarnished and people aren't going to trust in you because you're not able to deliver what you've been hired for. So you're right. Yeah. You do have to know that about yourself. And yeah, know your skill set, know what you're capable of and know that it's okay to to say no yeah. and know when it's okay to push yourself. Cause yeah. there are some moments, you know, where you can go, okay, I'm going to, I had never swung before, you know, but I knew that like I had the capability to learn all these parts and like each female, you know, we're learning three different harmonies for each whatever. And you're going here and you're doing this. And I would have my cue cards to know who goes where just in case I had a slip up because you're also listening to cues when I'm on for Janelle. But I hear a cue for Betty and I'm like, no, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> um, so you definitely have to know, you know, what your strengths and your weaknesses are and, and not be afraid to say yes or no, depending on that, you know. So did they send you material that they wanted you to sing or did you bring your own book for that show of songs? Um, for Beautiful, I, I'm pretty sure we received the material right off the bat. Um, yeah, for a lot of these auditions, when you're in the appointments and as casting and everyone in the business gets to know you, it's kind of nice that you just get the material and you come in with the material. Um, But you do have to have a song ready because even in my like frozen auditions, I started off with music from the show and, but then I got into one of my callbacks and they were like, so what's in your book? What else can we hear? Because they want to hear a variety of like, where does your voice go? Where does it sit in this? You know, we we hear where it sits in the frozen material. Let's sing. I think for one of my auditions, we sang Daddy's Son. And not because it's like you're going to be singing Daddy's Son, but just like, oh, let me hear what else you have in your in your toolbox. What what is this voice? What does it sound like on other things? So a lot of times they do give you material from the show because they want to know, like, can you sing the, the material from the show? But um, every now and then they will ask you to bring in something of your own, which I know a lot of teachers are like, well, do something in the style of the show and did it, which is important. But I also feel like you just have to do what what shows off your voice, like what shows off the strengths of your voice, because if you yes, you can try to find a new song and make it work and be like, oh, it's in the style of the show. But if it doesn't showcase how you sing, that's not good. So you want to go in and give them something that you're like the most comfortable with that, you know, and that's why when like audition books is so important to have like a good, I would say a good seven to 10 songs that, you know, right off the bat that fit so many different genres so that you also don't have to learn a new song every single time you have an audition. Cause that yeah. can be a bit, sometimes you get the audition. It's like, Hey, we need you going tomorrow or Hey, we need you going on Friday. And they want to 
pop rock or they want a contemporary musical theater, whatever, you could just go to your book and be like, oh, this fits. Okay, here we go. I'm good to go. That's that is like in my downtime before when I wasn't really like booking anything. And I'm like, okay, what am I doing? That I would go to my book and and like start singing through it or figure out, okay, what's something else I can sing so that when they do call, you're ready. You're not scrambling to find a song. (laughs) That's great. I love that seven to 10 songs. And I also love that you mentioned, you know, sing, sing something that fits your voice because you're so right. If you're, if you're at an audition where you've been given the material or you're at a callback where they've heard material from the show. Okay. They've heard songs from the show. You don't need to do another song from that type of show because Mm -hmm. they might've typecast you in their head because of the material you're singing. And if you sing something that shows off your voice, then they go, oh, they could do this role or this role too. So you might open up their mind to new possibilities by singing something that you know you could crush and that shows off your ability rather than putting more emphasis on the style of the show. I'm so glad you said that. That's a great that's a great perspective. A great, great oh, yeah. point there. Gotta um, show them who you are. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you go through any dance auditions? Any movement uh, for beautiful? Um, for beautiful for the, wow, huh? That's a good question. <laughs> that was such a long time ago. I do have an audition log, like I have a an, an audition journal, <sighs> and it's kind of turned into um, a voice diary because <laughs> I make voice memos now. Um, so I'm sure I could check my log and see, but at the current moment, I do not recall. <laughs> I can't even remember. That's um, so great. We are on this show. We talk a lot about journaling, about expressing your gratitude, but you know, and having that journal in the evening, uh, to kind of calm down your artistic mind so you can get a good night's sleep, get all those thoughts. Oh yeah. <laughs> but then also having that journal specifically for your career, your when yeah. you're in the rehearsal room, when you're in the audition room, like what did you learn? What did you observe? What did you see? You know, who in the company can you learn from? You know, so I, I'm glad that you mentioned that you have a voice, a, a voice journal. That's That's awesome. Yeah, I like to, um, it kind of helps me. Something I learned in college from one of our guest artists, she she was like, you know, you can't take your last audition into your next audition. Like, you know, each one is a new, it's a clean slate. And that was like, my mom I was like, That's great. What? You can't take your last audition to your next audition. Yeah, even great. whether it was good or bad. Because I would shoot myself in the foot sometimes with like, if I walk into an audition and I sang, whatever song and then I took that song into the next audition but I bombed it the the time before then I walk into my next audition and I'm like oh man I just hope I don't bomb it like I did last time you know instead of being like this is a new opportunity to succeed and um something that helped me is to walk into the room have my audition walk out and tell myself great things that happened and tell myself things that I can work on so that if I'm invited back into the room, I know I have a goal to do something different or to enhance my performance in some way. But I'm also patting myself on the back and affirming myself because in this business, we don't get that as much. We can we can ask for feedback, but they're seeing so many people in a day. We don't always get that feedback. And so you have to learn how to be your own cheerleader, your own coach sometimes, and be able to tell yourself not only the bad things, because we're quick to be like, oh, messed up that note, cracked there, forgot that line. Uh, I could have done that dance movement better. But it's like, what did you do great? 
first of all, you showed up and you were on time and you were warmed up and you were ready to go. You were prepared. You learned your lines. You walked in confidence. You sang a new song. You, you know, whatever. Like, oh, I really soared on that high note. I've never done that before. Let's analyze what was good about that so that I can maybe, you know, get that next time as well and keep hitting that and figure out what my technique is and all that stuff. So yeah, my audition log was very much so like, of course, what are you wearing? Who's in the room? Because also as you go into these rooms more frequently, if you're with the same people and you're not recognizing you're with the same people, that's not good. <laughs> you know, if they're like, hey, Aisha, and I'm like, hey, girl, how you doing? And I don't, don't really know who you are. Right. And it's like, oh, that's the producer you just went into final callbacks with, like on the last show. And I'm like, oh, eek, sorry. So I think it's really important. You know, not everyone is great with names, but it's important to write down who's in the room um, to write down like what I wore and how I felt about it. Because sometimes, you know, don't wear those heels next time because, you know, you didn't feel grounded or that dress was lovely and it got a great reaction. Maybe we wear that for younger characters or, you know, so I think it was important for me to have that that log and just be able to play back what happened, what was great. Um, and then to, to see what was bad and then to leave it, we have to release it. <laughs> we have to keep going forward, even for beautiful. First time I went in, I like saying some of the material and my voice cracked on this certain note. And I was like, oh, my God, Ugh. like it wouldn't come out. And so when they did the callback, this is crazy. I like threw away my old sides. I don't know. It was like a, for me mentally, I needed like a new slate. And for me to, to to treat it like a whole new, you're going into the room. Yes, they heard you already. But this is a, another opportunity, one, to do what you love and to have fun. But to walk in and just like nail it and give yourself permission to nail it. Don't take that cracked note into this new, you know, audition. And I worked on it and I went to the callback and printed out my new slot, my new sides. Of course, that was extra, but whatever. That's what I needed to do for myself. And I walked in and I was like, okay, here we go. This is a new slate. I'm going to do great. Here we go. And so you have to set yourself up for that and, you know, take, take some of that pressure. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm like, look, it's an opportunity to do what you love at the end of the day. That's what an audition is. Go in, have fun doing what you love, walk away. There you go. (laughs) I love it. That's great. So, you know, you mentioned working with Diana Paulus, you know, and then you worked with her again on Waitress, you know, mm-hmm. she, she directed that show, you know, how important was that network was that connection? Uh, or how important has your network been in your career for landing other roles? Um, well, I think, I don't know, I think it's a, a nice little balance. I don't like to um, lean on knowing someone or having a conver- uh, a connection or relationship with someone to get me into rooms. But at the end of the day, it, it does. <laughs> it does. And so um, I think it's always important to to remember, like, these relationships that you're forming could mean something more later on down the line. First of all, just be kind. I'm always <laughs> like, be kind. Nobody wants to work with someone who is a sourpuss. Like, be kind. Even if even if you're having a bad day, you don't have to like fake that you're not having a good day. But like, just try to be as kind as possible to everyone because you never know. You never know where your next gig is coming from. Um, and you never know, you know, how impactful this person might be in your life. And so I think it's just important to treat every relationship with care and with gentleness. And even if you don't like that person, because I've worked with people that I don't like. <laughs> um, but 
I'm kind to them and we keep it moving and we remain professional because sometimes you are going to have to work with with actors, with supervisors, with creative teams that you don't necessarily agree with, but you should be able to remain professional and keep these relationships um, so that you can move forward. And if, you know, if you don't like working with them, you don't have to go back and work with them. But while you're working with them, you need to do the best that you can to be kind. Um, But no, yeah, networking, of course, is a big part of this industry. And I think um, getting like doing Witness Uganda with Diane Paulus definitely got me in the room to do Waitress. And we were actually doing a production of Witness Uganda. We called it something else and we did it off Broadway. Um, And while we were in rehearsals for that, she was rehearsing the workshop of Waitress. And so it was like, a, oh, I want you to come in for waitress as well. Of course, I got an appointment. I still have to, to audition. <laughs> um, but, you know, knowing her from that project definitely allowed me to uh, get that open door to waitress. Um, and there are a lot of like the casting director that got me Witness Uganda and Beautiful. I'm actually in callbacks for something else with him. And he's a fan and he's like always rooting for me. And he's like, OK, great. I want you to do this. And I want you to do this. And he brought me in for, you know, before pandemic world, um, uh, what devil was, where's Prada. And like, I was up in final callbacks for that. And it's like, that's someone that I love. And I know having him in the room with me, I'm like, Oh, this is hi, how are you? And, but that's a, that's a relationship I've built. And it's good though, because I walk into the room and I deliver, I come in prepared, you know, and, so he continues to call me in. He continues to put me in front of these teams because he knows what I can bring into the room. So I think those relationships are even more important because when it comes to looking for who can we put in this role, you want casting on your side, you know? And so if I show up on time, if I'm prepared, if I'm this, if I'm that, then of course that casting director is always going to say, oh yeah, she's Yep, we can we can count on her. To, let's bring her in, you know. But if yeah. I'm someone who shows up to my auditions late, I don't care. I don't have the material. You know, you don't always have to have it memorized, but you got to be familiar with it. You got to make choices. If I'm walking in not prepared, that casting director, I'm not going to have a great relationship with them. And when a when a, a show comes up that I really want to be in and they're the casting director and I've showed my behind a couple of times, I might not get in that room. You know, so it, it can work both ways. It can help you. It can hurt you. So you just have to be really um, mindful of how you present yourself um, in the workspace and, and how you work with others, whether, again, whether you get along with them or not, <laughs> coming into the space and just, you know, trying to, for me, I try to be a light. I try to be, to extend grace to others because I want grace extended to me. Um, and yeah. Yeah, those relationships are very important. You don't want to burn, you don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, creating the song and witness Uganda, making it your own. You know, you went to college for theater. I imagine throughout your college career, you were doing shows, you were listening to cast albums. You know, now you're on cast albums, you know, <laughs> you know, now, you know, you're on, you know, waitress, you're on frozen. Um, you said, uh, your story is someone else's hope and inspiration. Don't yes. be afraid to share it. I yes. love that. I, I love that because I'm sure you looked up to people 
when you knew that you wanted to be on the Broadway stage. Yeah. Now people are looking up to you. Like mm -hmm. you're getting to a point in your career where people are coming up to you. Women are graduating college or they're entering the theater saying, you inspired me, Aisha. I'm, I wanna be in theater because I saw you. I heard you on that cast album. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? it's not something that you probably strived, I wanna be a role model when I grow up. Maybe you did, but maybe <laughs> part of you was just, I wanna be a Broadway performer, I wanna be a singer. But that mm -hmm. has led to you becoming a role model. You are one of those women. What is that, yeah. what is that like? What does that mean to you? <laughs> well, I think that's, um a beautiful responsibility to have. Um, and I treat it with the utmost respect. Um, as far as wanting to be a role model or wanting to do this, I've always um, spoken about like my career and I desire to use my gifts that God has given me to minister and to, to inspire, to be a light to others. So that's a, that's been a prayer of mine for like my entire life. Um, and it just so happened in this form of, you know, musical theater and Broadway and doing these roles. Um, so it has been something that I've wanted to do. I've wanted to make an impact. I've wanted to be able to show other people. I, I remember having conversations with one of my best friends when we were younger, like, look, your story is going to inspire somebody else, right? And so like the challenges that you've had, the things you've overcome, the victories you've had, the failures you've had, they're all gonna help somebody else on their journey. And so knowing that in the back of your head is, to me, it pushes me. Um, I know some days doing Anna, standing by for Anna was a difficult job. Um, and it wasn't always amazing and like, yes, woohoo. Was I always grateful for the opportunity? Of course, but there were some really tough days. And um, on certain days when I was called in to be Anna, if I'm honest, I was like, I don't wanna do this today. <laughs> but I would show up and I'm like, okay, you have to show up because there's someone else who needs to see you do this. Like that was something that I would tell myself on the days that I didn't. I mean, we we perform eight times a week. We do not always have joy and happiness about being there. It, it's a tough job, um, regardless of what position you have. And so, yes, there are some days where you're like, oh, I just, I don't know if I have it. I don't feel it. What's going to happen? And then being a standby on top of that, you never know when that's going to happen. So, of course, you want to be prepared and ready to, to give your best. And so on days where I didn't feel my best or I was just like, I don't know, I had to remind myself, like, you are doing this for someone else. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. And that was something I had to remind myself often. Um, but it gave me like, okay, cool. Here we go. We got to show up. We have to go out there. We have to show up for these audience members. We have to show up for that young woman of color who needs to see you as Anna so that she can see herself represented fully on stage. Um, we have to show up for that young man of color who needs to see it. We have to show up for that closed-minded human being who is in your DMs telling you that you can't be Anna and you got to show them, actually, I can, anybody can. And I was actually hired to do this job. So thank you. And, you know, so you just have to like show up and allow your gifts and your talents to speak for themselves. Yeah. And so that's what I did, you know, and I think it's it's beautiful to be able to, to make a path for others, to make room for others. Um, it's a heavy responsibility sometimes, yeah. but it's beautiful to see the impact that it has. And I have mentees and I have students that I speak to and to hear how they're inspired because I decided to show up, I keep showing up. <laughs>
you know, it, it's so important and they, and everyone needs someone to look up to. And so I, I take that as an honor and a privilege to be able to, um, to show up for them in that way, show them that they can do it as well. Show them that, yes, doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like, how much money you got in your pocket. If you have a dream, you have a goal, keep going after it. And it, it is achievable. So don't allow any naysayers, or anybody else to, you know, shoot you down. Just continue to, to work hard, shine your light and keep, keep pressing forward. Love it. That's yeah. so great. And it is, and there you you do have a responsibility that's been dropped yeah. on your shoulders now <laughs> and you're handling it beautiful beautifully so you know i know as a as a middle-aged white heterosexual male i don't always know the questions to ask and i don't you know i don't know I, I just don't know the questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of your role, when I think of the role of musical theater, of Broadway, and the men and women who want that to be their career, and they're looking at audition notices, you know, uh, describing characters that maybe they don't feel like, or maybe mm -hmm. they don't typically look like that have been mm -hmm. cast in the past. Yeah. And they see all ethnicities welcome to audition. Mm. You know, what does that lovely disclaimer? Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why I bring it up because it's it is that disclaimer. But yeah. you know, what do you say to the, you know, to the kids who are coming out of college or entering theater and seeing those audition notices that they feel like they could crush that role, but they're probably not gonna get it because of who they are, what they look like, or how they, whatever self-imposed thing they've set upon themselves. Yeah, self-imposed and industry-imposed yeah, because totally. people behind the table don't have an open mind mm -hmm. to see them for the part that they are fully capable of. Yeah. Um, um, I think that I'll say two things. One, ask and you shall receive. If you feel like you are appropriate for a role, and you see it on the list and that's not what they're calling you in for, you can, you have two options. You can go in and you can shine and do your best in that, you know, and see if they'll call you back in or you can go to your agent or whoever, right? Casting and say, Hey, I would love, thank you for the opportunity to be seen for so-and-so. I would love that in addition, or instead of that, could I please be seen for X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. I know you're looking for this, this, and this, but it seems like something that I could bring to life and that I feel like I fit in. I, I, you know, I'm called to that more. So can I go in for it? Yeah. It never hurts to ask. It yeah. never hurts to ask. And, um, I, there was a, not the same instance. This is more so like asking shall receive, because of course I was seen for both parts you know, I'm seen as appropriate for both parts in ragtime to play Sarah and Sarah's friend. Um, but I was asked to play Sarah's friend um, in the Ellis on um, ragtime on Ellis Island production, a concert we did a couple years back. And I mean, I love the show. And I was like, oh, of course, I would love to. But I heard that they hadn't found a Sarah. They were still they were putting out an offer. They couldn't find anyone to do it. I said, Okay, so lovely. I would love to be your Sarah, but if you don't have a Sarah, I can be your Sarah. Like literally. And they were like, oh, okay. Could you send in something? Went to my voice teacher. We made a nice little recording, sent in the recording. They were like, this is beautiful. We'd love to have you as Sarah. Like, and that's to me, that's just an asking you yeah. shall receive. Yeah. If I hadn't asked, I would have been Sarah's friend and they would have continued looking for a Sarah. They didn't know that that was a desire of mine. And so 
I know sometimes it's a bit more tricky when it comes to roles that they do not want to see your specific type or gender or race or anything for, but asking you shall receive, you just got to put yourself out there and say it. And there will come times in your career, even there've been times where I'm looking at roles and they send me the breakdown for all the other characters. And I'm like, Mm, this other one here, that's more, uh, that's more me. Um, but yeah, you just have to be unafraid to, to just go for it and to, to ask about it. And unfortunately there will be times where they don't see you as that, but you gotta, you know, keep, keep asking. I said, just keep asking. And that's such a simple, powerful little phrase, ask and you shall receive. If you don't (laughs) ask, you won't receive. So go go in there and say, you know, we, that's that's so simple and powerful. If you see that audition notice and that role speaks to you and that role's in your heart, go in and ask for it. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. And then unfortunately there will be some times when they say no. And there mm-hmm. will be a lot of roles that you see. I I that disclaimer, I love it. We're seeing all ethnicities. And for me, I'm like, but well, are you considering us? <laughs> I'm walking in the room and I'm doing this, I'm doing this work. Please don't just see me just to check off a box to say you're seeing everyone, you know, and, you know, eventually if you see that you are not getting into the room for the things that you want, start to create the things that you want, start to put yourself out there singing the type of music that you want to sing and the type of roles that you want to be seen for. Like we're in this huge, you know, viral TikTok, this, that, the other. So like start creating content of the type of roles that you want to play, get together with your friends, write it out, you know, create it. If they're not giving you a seat at the table, build a table, you know, like build a musical, show what it is that you want to do. That's it. And I, I mean, for me, it's also a, a responsibility of mine that I put on myself. Like I desire to open up more doors and I desire to, to change the way this industry sees people. How am I going to do that? Who knows, but I'm going to continue to show up so that when you, when these young men and women of color, LGBTQ community, non-binary, everyone can see themselves disabled persons. Like everyone can see themselves on stage. Everyone deserves to see themselves on stage. And, you know, being Anna, like people walking in and saying that Anna can't be black. I'd be like, well, I'm black and I'm Anna. So there we go. That's solved. Um, but it's just like, who, who are you to say that young girls, young black girls don't deserve to see a black Anna, especially when this story is not based in a culture or a specific history or whatever. Like, who are you to say that this non-fictional character can't be brown, but Olaf can talk and Elsa can shoot ice out of her hands? Come on now. So so for me, I'm just like, come on. We, we need to create more stories that look like our world, that, that celebrates so many different types of um, cultures and ethnicities so that those the people in the theater coming to see the show can see themselves on stage. You gotta, you gotta put us up there. And yeah. And I hate the argument of like people of color don't come see theater or black people specifically. And I'm like, well, who are you putting on stage for them to come and watch? Can they see themselves in this story? And yes, there are some stories that are universal. It doesn't matter the color on the stage, but when all of the stories that are being told don't look like you, come on. Yeah. Come And we live in a world where we don't see ourselves as represented, you know, fully in, in all these different mediums. 
of course, I would like to spend my money to see a show with someone who looks like me, with a leading lady who looks like me. And that goes for anyone. And so I just, I hope to continue to do work to open up doors for, for stories that represent all people. And representation matters completely. And everyone should be able to come to a show and see themselves. And in these shows, these breakdowns, if you see yourself in another role, go ahead and tell them. I see myself in this role. Can I be seen? You know, and and, and I, I had a student reach out to me and she was in high school, a woman of color. And her teacher told her that she doesn't fit the, the part. She's like, you don't fit the vision that I had for this part is what her teacher told her. And I'm like, OK, I get that. Like in theater, sometimes as a creative team when we audition for things, the creative team, we don't fit their vision for that part. But I was like, you're in high school. It's an educational production. And she's telling you, and you're fully capable. Like she explained to me what the part was. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, she didn't want me to play it because, you know, of my race and like all this stuff. And I'm like, no, baby. And I, and I had to like come back to her and be like, you know what? you know, whose vision you fit gods. So walk into that and keep on pressing forward. And, and she actually went back to her school and she created her own show and showed that teacher, you know, I actually, I am capable of doing these things. And it was a whole moment for her and her teacher, but I'm like, sometimes that it happens to the people that we look up to, to our teachers, to our mentors, they come to us and tell us, something that is not right and you're like hold on you can't stunt my growth because your vision is limited that's not fair and so um you will have those moments where someone else's vision is limited and sometimes you got to open their eyes and so you can do what you can to open their eyes it won't always work if it doesn't work keep it moving but (laughs) sometimes it will you know you can show them that you're fully capable and change their mind about something so you never know the your own power in in situations like that hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for answering that so much better than I could ask it. I, I, <laughs> I uh, you know, but, and you're heading out on this tour, Disney princess, the concert tour. So, you know, being out there and being on stage and letting people yeah. see you t- talk to us about the concert. What are you most excited about uh, when stepping out on that stage with, you know, three other women and performing these, these songs? Yeah. Well, being able to perform with these beautiful women is is a great opportunity and working with um, Benji. I got the chance to work with him a couple years back on another musical. And so it's it's cool to revisit that space with him. Um, but no, it's I mean, it's the same importance. Uh, I remember talking and, and expressing my um, desire to not only sing um, Tiana to sing other things. And they, and luckily they had already had that in mind. So it was, we were, we were on the same page, but um, I think it's important. Like I said, representation matters. So I think it's important for these young women to see themselves and a couple other princesses as well. You know, um, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, Tiana is the only black princess, (laughs) but um, I feel like some of the other being able to to embody Anna on the road is going to be fun uh, just because of that relationship I have with Anna already from Broadway um, but also the impact that I saw that it made in, in my time at Frozen, like the little girls being like, mommy, she looks like me. And um, during my time there, I made these little dolls to give out during Black History Month to my little chocolate drops. And so like seeing the impact that that had on on young girls of color and, and little white girls, like everyone, everyone under the under the sun, seeing how it um, affected them and seeing how it kind of opened the minds of some adults. Yeah. Um, 
because I had those experiences I'm too. Sure. And so, so, but it, it was, it was beautiful to be able to open someone's mind in that way. And so I'm, I'm, I love being able to do that and, and show up for my young women of color in that way. So that is the most exciting for me to be able to see all my little chocolate drops and the Anna and the Elsa's and, and all the costumes and everything. Um, so I'm excited to do that and to be able to, to play around with Anna again and, and Tiana and a few other ones and to be able to sing with these women. It's, it's going to be fun. It's yeah, going to be a good time. And we're coming to uh, St. Petersburg to see your show. And yes. you know, the first week uh, you guys are out on the road. Yeah. So I'll be there in November. Awesome. And, and, uh, I, I, I can't wait. And I, I, I can't thank you enough for your time and for sharing your experiences with us. And if you don't mind, I'd like to invite you back to our okay. lightning round. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> if you have a huge audition coming up and you don't want to search through the same old monologue books, check out performerstuff.com. Our custom search feature lets you narrow down exactly what you're looking for, get a quick preview of the monologue, then print it out. Plus, lots of materials come straight from the playwright, so you won't walk in with the same monologue as everyone else. It's the easiest way to get your audition or classroom monologues. Search, preview, print at performerstuff.com. Aisha Jackson, are you ready for our lightning round? Ah, I think so. <laughs> okay. All right, 15 questions. We're going to get through them as quickly as we can. Here we go. Okay. Question number one, first Broadway soundtrack you ever obsessed over? <gasps> Once on this island. And Aida, both together at the same time. <laughs> Go-to song when singing in the shower. Ooh, I make up my own songs. Yeah, I just make them up. I'm just in there riffing and going right up. Yeah, own original pieces. <laughs> Cake or pie? Oh, mm, pie. sweet potato pie is my favorite. Carrot cake is my favorite cake. So I don't know. It's a tie between those two. Show you wish you could go back in time to be in. Oh, Aida. <laughs> Who was someone that if they punched you in the face, you would not be mad? Ooh. Uh, I don't think there's anyone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do one show for the next five years, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a commitment. Oh my God. It's a show that exists. It has to be a show that yep. exists. Yep. Man, one for the show next five wow. years. Okay, I, I'm sticking with it. Aida, she's the one. <laughs> All right. Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. <laughs> Steven Sondheim is writing a new musical about your favorite childhood toy. What is it? Oh, I had this easy bake oven. And when my brother broke it, I was pissed. So let's go with her. <laughs> South Pacific or Oklahoma? Oh, I could do some Oklahoma. Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? Ooh. Ah, Sour Patch Kids or Swedish. I will, I'll go Swedish Fish, even though I love sour candy. <laughs> Which animal brings more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Oh, probably llamas. <laughs> Duet you enjoy singing both parts to? Uh, love is an open door because the men, the man's part is lower. <laughs> <laughs> Next superhero to have a Broadway musical. Ooh, um, WandaVision, that new show, WandaVision or, oh. or Black Panther. Come on, give me that. 
All right. All right. Okay, Aisha, you're directing a show and I show up to audition. You haven't seen me sing, dance, or act. When I walk into the room, what do you immediately typecast me as? Hmm. Oh, I'm I'm typecasting you as like a professor. I love it. Yeah. I will totally take a professor. <laughs> yes. That's what you're giving. I'm giving that today. <laughs> All right. Aisha, thank you so much for your time. Thank you yeah. for your silliness and our lightning yes. round. And I can't wait to see you back on stage with the Disney princess, the concert. It's going to be wonderful to welcome theater back. Ooh, yes, it will. Madness. It will be a beautiful moment of joy. I'm, I can't wait for that energy. That's a good thing to look forward to. Just being back on stage, being in our, that's like our home. That's our second home. So it's going to be nice to be welcomed back home on stage with people who are ready to receive. Yeah. But you, Susan, Laura, Courtney, all taking the stage at Disney princess, the concert, yeah. it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to see you belting out those songs and interacting with those women it's going to be it's going to be wonderful so congratulations and thank you very much thank you thank you so much for having me if you need music for an audition or a voice lesson performer stuff's got you covered performerstuff.com offers not only full music sheets but also 32 bar and 16 bar cuts pre-selected by our on-staff music directors with an intro and easy to read sheet for your accompanist if you need some help practicing You can download an audition bundle with the sheet music, a vocal lead, and practice track. Plus, the audio on the track matches the sheet music, so you can walk into your audition knowing exactly what to expect. As always, our search feature makes it easy for you to find what you're looking for. So when you need music, come check us out at performerstuff.com. Aisha Jackson, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I hope you took notes and I hope you learned a few things about the audition process. Well, that concludes Princess Month here in the holding room. I hope you enjoyed all of these amazing interviews. I know I am incredibly honored to have all of these leading ladies of Broadway on the show. So thank you very much. And I'll make sure that I thank you in person when I go and see Disney Princess, the concert in St. Petersburg, Florida. But of course, everyone, check out DisneyPrincessConcert.com and see what city near you that this incredible show is coming to. Also, for all of your audition needs, make sure you're checking out PerformerStuff.com. It's got amazing music in there that's already been cut and is professionally formatted for the accompanist to help you through the audition. It's also got great monologues that not everybody else is going to be using as well. So PerformerStuff.com for more shows like these and all your audition needs. Thanks, everybody, and make sure you're subscribing to In the Holding Room so you get our very next episode the moment that it's launched. I'll talk to you all soon.